Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Hey friends, I freaking love this conversation that we're putting out today. You know, do we need to make alcohol an enemy? Is alcohol the enemy? Do we need to hate it? Like these questions there, they seem to be so common. It seems so kind of logical that we go through that process and just such a great conversation. We've been waiting to make this one and so just just so excited to put it out there. And uh, yeah, just before we start, I just want to say a huge thank you to anyone who's been coming and listening to my solo project, Rebel Spirituality. The support and the outreach and the messages have been like overwhelming. So um, I really appreciate that. And if anyone hasn't caught it yet and they like to, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. And um, yeah, just thanks so much for, for all the support that you offer, both here and just just you know, what an amazing community we've got. And, you know, if you're not in the Facebook group, it's a great place to come and feel the energy and the vibe of that. Um, And yeah. All right, team, without further ado, I'll hand you over to me and that Ellie Crow. See you there. I'm doing the intro again. Ah, Can't stop me. That's all right. You you can. I feel feel really ill, mate. So go go for your life. Whatever chest has had's given it to me. Oh, mate. Well, let's see if we can get through the next 45 minutes. Right. So today we're having, I'm really excited about this. I've been, I mean, I'm often excited about the conversations we're going to have, but I've genuinely been looking forward to this for a long time because I think it's a really cool topic. Um, And it's basically around, should we hate alcohol? Should we demonize it? Like, is it the enemy? Um, Mm. And because I think in a lot of the groups that we're in, I was just saying to you just a minute ago when we were having a chat, you know, you hear people saying, I wish alcohol was illegal. I just can't believe you know, the story that we have yeah. about alcohol. And that's true. Like it looks, to, it looks to me, well, the story that we've got about alcohol looks wonky as anything, but I don't, whether, you know, I'm not sure this is just my opinion and we'll see where we align and where we're different and all the rest of it. It's just a discussion, isn't it? But I'm not really, I mean, we want to get to a point where we're just not bothered by it, right? Where it's just small and irrelevant as Annie Grace would say, we don't give yeah. a shit. You know, a glass of beer is the same as a glass of milk is the same as a glass of wine you know it's just it's just something well, out yeah. There that, well yeah but you wouldn't give one of those or two of those to your kids right? you know what i mean so it's just the same just <laughs> you um, know what i mean i do know what you mean yeah the, the thing is that in the early days when you have the realization when you when you have this new information so in my case when i discovered how alcohol worked with the brain and body for the first time <laughs> you know nearly 40 and there I was realizing for the first time, but it was information that I hadn't gone ever looking for. Sure. And why would I have done? Because it wouldn't have, um, it wouldn't have helped. You know, we have this thing of um, confirmation bias, don't we? Where we go looking for the seeking out the the narratives that are going to validate the the beliefs that we have, um, mm-hmm. the things that we hold to be true. So I would never have gone looking for it. I knew alcohol was bad for me, but I didn't realize how bad. And I didn't really want to know either. So open, like I had to be in the right place to be open to that discovery. And when that discovery happened, I was incensed. I was like, it's a fucking scam. 
Like, mm. how on earth do we not all know about this? This is ridiculous. How many people like me are drinking for stress release and relaxation, not knowing that it's doing exactly the opposite? So it's quite understandable to have that kind of those kinds of thoughts that come up and that kind of feeling of um somehow being misled or um being angry you know all, all of that is entirely normal and understandable and okay and actually that was the the fuel that then spurred me on to go and do other things like mm. well well first of all to just stop drinking right well fuck you i'm not bloody i'm not being part of this scam anymore like you know um the rebellious side of me is just like well i won't drink it anymore then mm. <laughs> so it, that that kind of intense energy can be really really helpful for spurring us on to do things like to stop drinking to make that kind of a commitment to join things like the alcohol experiment in my case to be open to even more discoveries and it really kind of lit a fire under me for it, it, it came from this realization that I was so wrong about something I felt so right about that I was willing to be wrong about anything and rather than it being a so the anger really didn't last for that long the anger spurred me on to take some form of skillful action and then the feelings transmuted and became other things like excitement and uh, joy and interest and curiosity so what we're not saying here is to judge yourself for any kind of feelings that are coming up or any thoughts that are coming up around alcohol, because, you know, we, and we'll hear a lot in the world of this naked mind where, you know, Annie talks about alcohol being a poison and it being toxic and carcinogenic and all of those things. And it's, it's important to, I think it's important for all of us to be informed and to understand what we're imbibing, but, it's not, you know, Annie's not telling us those things so that we adopt another story or another belief. It's more about settling the score, really. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. It's a very interesting point. And I mean, I, you know, this is one of the reasons I'm so excited to talk about it, because it seems to me that anger can be, well, like if you look at social movements on the whole, anger is very often the catalyst that changes yes. things. But yeah. then often in those groups, um, it's held like that, that, energy remains and that can become toxic over time so it's a it can be a catalyst for change but then we want to transmute it into you know into something else right so it's interesting because you mentioned the words like you know poison and toxic and and look i there there is a there's the the way of saying that where it's uh the, the statement of fact you know alcohol is toxic it's a carcinogen it's it's poison in the sense that if you put it in your body i mean you know we dilute it Right. And if we don't, it will kill us. I mean, it will kill us slowly anyway. But there's a big difference between that and tagging onto that word the idea that it's morally bad or that it's not okay mm. or that it's like, but, and I think sometimes for some people it carries that. Um, and to me, this doesn't look like with any substance, just this is my thoughts on it, but it doesn't look like any of it is right, wrong, good, bad, moral. It's, does this sub substance work for me and my life? I don't think we're ever going to be in a substance-free world from caffeine and coffee through to 
um, you know, through to weed, through to any all sorts of different stuff, through to kind of psychiatric drugs, through to at the end of the day, we have like arbitrary lines that have been drawn due to cultural, social, political kind of history. They're not real in the sense that, you know, oh, there's a bucket over there of ones that are bad and there's a bucket over there of ones that are good. The real question is, do I does this improve my life? Is it helping me? Is it harming me? Do I is there room for it in my life? And and then you can make the decisions, right? So so yeah, I think I agree with you completely. I think a lot of people, it's very natural to feel anger, to get pissed off at alcohol, to get pissed off at the system or advertising. Um, and there is also a difference, I think, between there is there is like consciously using the anger that you feel in order to do something. So it looks, you know, so anger felt and expressed and um, and kind of um, welcomed will transmute in a number of ways but one way it will do it is into high energy action where as you say you can take that and do something so maybe you're i mean many people won't be this person but maybe you are the person that emails your mp or the person that writes to your local politician or whatever right and just tells them that there needs to be a change this isn't right or perhaps the person that goes and takes and does and is in peaceful protest or whatever right that kind of stuff is looks very valid um and it just looks like energy in motion. Um, but ultimately, in terms of our personal relationship to it, regardless of whether we're out there in a mission to change change how society views it, which we are here, um, that personal relationship doesn't want to be sticky. You don't want to be full of kind of like, you don't want that to be what keeps you away from it, as it looks to me. You don't want it to be fear or anger, yeah. or it, you want you want it to just be small and irrelevant. You don't want to give a shit about it because... It looks to me that if you hate something, then you you there's a lot of care being put into that. There's a lot of like mm. energy being put into that, um, mm. and and I and even yeah, then, you know, yeah, it's 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 not very liberating, is it? It's you're you're fixated on it, and one of the things I've talked a lot about in the groups that we coach with this naked mind and the groups that I do privately is like I I, I have a big uh not a big thing i just i i react a little when people do demonize alcohol and the whole it's become very common for people to adopt a persona for the drinking voice and that it's often known as the wine which you know hear people talk about the wine which although they'll name their wine which effectively and um and, and if that works for you, then great. And I, th- there was one lady in one of the path groups. She did. She took great pride in telling me that she called her um, wine witch funny fuckwit. I think it was because <laughs> she knew I'd appreciate that. Um, so I'm, I, I, it's just a, a personal thing that's linked to this point about liberation. I don't think that it's helpful to kind of draw the battle lines because in the case of drinking, and it could be any other substance actually. It, it it isn't the enemy that you know all, all of the the time that i spent drinking was a protective mechanism yeah. so we did a yeah. subject a subject we did a podcast about self-sabotage fairly recently so go and have a listen to that if you haven't already but the whole point about self-sabotage is that we're not we're not intentionally setting out to hurt ourselves. It's quite the opposite. We're setting mm. out to protect ourselves mm. in a very misguided fashion. So an act of drinking is actually an act of self-love. You know, we, we are trying to 
pacify a part of us. We're trying to soothe a part of us. We're trying to calm and nourish a part of us. It's just um, done in a very unskillful way because our level of understanding is what it is at the time. And we've all we've all done this, whether it's with alcohol, whether it's with sugar or social media or over shopping or procrastination or like it, it, it doesn't matter what the thing is. It's it, it's a method of trying to take care of ourselves. And when we can see that, it then opens up new opportunity for new, more skillful behavior. So this is why I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a massive fan of wine witch and demonizing the, the 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 drinking voice at all because i think it can keep us stuck in something that isn't ultimately helpful it might be helpful in the short term the funny fuckwit thing was quite funny and and actually just recognizing that there is a voice well that's not you then is it if you can recognize that voice you can hear that voice or you can see the words then that's that's helpful in and of itself because you're you're witnessing what's happening in your experience as opposed to being caught up in it and believing Mm -hmm. that 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 is you so all of those things are helpful but usually i think what what i see is that people kind of move beyond that and realize as time goes on that this isn't about alcohol at all it's about our disconnection from self and our need to find new ways of um, being more skillful at taking care of ourselves yeah i think a lot of people when they come to uh coaching or what they're at what they and again it's innocent and i think me too probably back in back in the day it's we think right if we just gang up on alcohol i mean if we if we talk about this with uh last week with carla or a couple of weeks ago i think if i just gang up on alcohol enough and you know give throw enough punches in that direction then it will kind of like go away whimpering but actually like i've spoken about before if i think about what it was like for me at uni you know didn't you know anxiety didn't realize how my experience was being created didn't realize it was safe to experience that etc etc perfectly logical for me to look for a way to try and stop the thing that i thought was going to do me in my feelings right so this thing alcohol it made sense and i didn't have a better tool back then and with the thinking that i had and with the level of consciousness that i had back then it made perfect sense now the amazing thing with this is in amongst that is the secret to kind of just forgiving ourselves as well for all of that stuff it was that way because it was that way we made those decisions because the the world looked like that to us um and and that's really powerful and and it and it may make sense for a while for anger to come in and for us to want to like distance ourselves from that thing but as we say the power is in knowing that you know it's not it's not you it's not you i we're all free underneath it sometimes we just haven't realized we just haven't realized yet it doesn't it doesn't look like you know we've sort of spoken about this a lot but it's it's about less not more i think most of us are thinking oh i need more ideas and i need to kind of like i need to make my thinking better about alcohol and that will fix it well actually no it's like you're whole and complete and complete underneath it at the level of who you really are is is job is, you know job done so as these misunderstandings fall away and as you feel these feelings and as you go on that journey then you just end up in these um, spaces where you're grateful that you're no longer caught in the maze mm. and you you really have a lot of compassion for people that are not pity, compassion you know, is a big difference. And that, and also I respect the right. I, I, I think it's really funny because I know there's a lot of people who, who make comments at me either direct or throw away in my life. Things like, um, Oh, but I'm not giving up drinking. I'm afraid I don't give a fuck. 
I don't give a shit whether they do or not. Like I love them and like, it would be wonderful for them to see it, but they have their right to their way of viewing the world. I'm never going to take that away from anybody. Like I don't give a shit. Like they're, they think I'm judging them, but I'm not, I'm just not, I don't care. Like that's why I was able to go away with 18 lads and a sag do. And they were, they're all having fun in their own way or doing whatever. And, you know, I was there enjoying myself as well. And, and, and I just think that's what is needed. We have to, the only way that anybody is ever going to get to a point where they see the truth about alcohol is if is through connected conversation and curiosity anyway, like shouting someone down and using those, like it might, it might be a good tactic to get your voice heard. Um, and there's, there are definitely times in life where I don't think there's such a thing as a bad emotion. We've spoken about this before. Um, mm. but it's, but there's this sponsoring energy around freedom where it looks like freedom is you know open and expansive and clear and it it to me it doesn't look like it's built on on anger or any of those kinds of stuff um as useful as that can be for taking action there's for you at the level of who you really are you it's just my this is just my opinion but you don't need that you can live a perfectly beautiful peaceful calm life without without that running the show Mm. yeah when he was talking i was just thinking about I was contemplating how how I would have reacted if somebody had have tried to, you know, kind of enforce on me their beliefs around alcohol, and mm. when I wasn't ready to discover what I discovered, and I'd have, I'd have rallied against that big time, big time. It'd have been just hugely divisive. Sure. So that no no chance of a connected conversation at all because I was so stuck in my own beliefs about alcohol. And when you look at this, like on a wider perspective, this is why it, it it's so important to, I think, to not have battle lines drawn because for people, like there's a, there is a, a groundswell with the sober movement and the sober curious movement. And it's wonderful. And what a community to be involved in. Like it's the best. Uh, it's not a community that drags people into it like through fear or um, judgment. Like it's, it's not like that at all. It's quite the opposite. And so for for all of us that are a part of it, it's important to just keep, I'd say to people, you know, you you are going to, you want to make an impact outwardly. You're going to make far more impact outwardly by turning inwardly first. And so just, doing what you're doing um what whatever in whatever respect that is with regards to alcohol is going to have an impact on somebody somewhere and you can you can trust in that and you you don't need to cajole anybody you don't need to impart your own beliefs or the things that you've learned on anybody else people will come to you naturally when they're curious and then that's that's the best space to open up these kind of conversations not through um you know uh, some kind of agenda um yeah. i just don't think it's gonna help the the general cause you know well imbalance either way i mean truth truth is gonna always gonna be the most powerful thing like if someone sees truth um you know alcohol is a liquid in a bottle and and depending on where you've grown up and how you've been in you know your beliefs around it and all that kind of stuff it's going to look very different um 
but when it comes to, I can remember running a class. So before I left teaching, I can remember doing a few, I did quite a few lessons in and around, you know, drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. And every, something I said this in a podcast the other day, every kid in there could give me a long list of all of the bad, all the reasons why alcohol was bad. And I can remember saying to them, well, so why, why would people, um, why would people choose to drink it then? Like what's the, what are these things? And they didn't know. Now to me, now, a lot of what we've done is is highlighted and shown that a lot of the beliefs we have around alcohol are crap, are bullshit. However, once given those, if we're given them and we believe them and it's the thing that hooks us into drinking, so it's going to relax me, it's going to do these kinds of things. Those kids were sort of going into the world without, they didn't have the whole story. They just had a list of, because like we know you've got this whole list of things why it's bad, but then you've seen your parents doing it and subconsciously it's crept in. And, you know, you know, I've seen, I saw, um, I once watched a, a performance somewhere and at the end of the performance, um, bottles of wine were handed out to the, to the staff that to say, thank you for what had happened. And you did, you know, the, the students are watching this thinking to themselves and like, it's, it's, it's innocent from everybody, but it's an unconscious, like, Oh, look, there's the elixir of life. There's that thing that is rewarded for people for hard work, et cetera. Now, yeah. That's what we need to talk about. That's about balancing the books. We need the kid. We need kids to understand. Look, it's there. You can you can choose to to drink it or use these things, any drug, if you want to. However, here's the truth about it. Yeah, oh, God, it's just getting a bit windy. Sorry, oh God, the door's going to bang. <laughs> Go get it. The curtain plugged in. Um, you just made me think. Yeah, uh, at the weekend, I was at a um a fit that was at a high school, local high school. Fit. There's lots of these going on at the moment because of the a great summer. fit. A great, a great was it a fit. great fit? It was a, it was a great fit. My friend was um, uh, teaching goat yoga, so we all got involved in that. Um, at the great fit, they had lots of different things. It was all family stuff, right? <laughs> and then, of course, they've got a gin bar and um, a a truck that was selling slushy cocktails they did sell mocktails as well so I was kind of like yawning past the two and, and pims you know all of that going on and then it's bouncy castle riding a digger racing ferrets um <laughs> birds of prey like you know like all the typical stuff and for kids uh there were a bunch of stalls of things like like di- diff- different games where kids can win little prizes and there was this big stall and the kids were all like, look, it's all toys all over it and with tickets attached to it. So it was a raffle and the kids approached the raffle and they've, they, my friends had given them pound each. And so they had this pound spend. They're considering, carefully considering where they're going to invest this pound. And I said to them, well, you could spend it on this raffle and have a look at what's what you might win. Or you can go over to the other stall that had the and, and the lady behind the raffle stall in an attempt to get the kids to invest their pound with this lady said, yeah, you could win your mummy a, a bottle of Prosecco. And at the back, there was all of these bottles lined up. And I didn't hear her to begin with. And I said, pardon. And she said, yeah, you, th- they could win you a bottle of Prosecco. Like thinking it was a really good thing. And I went, Oh right, yeah. Don't don't drink. <laughs> that dunk. Oh, but but it, as you say, it's innocent. It's like well, we've all we've, there's always been bottles on a raffle. But what what does that tell our children? And 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 then especially the oh, and by the way, you can win one of these for your mummy. Like they they don't want a bottle of fucking wine for me. What they want is some bloody slime or something. You know. I mean, this is it. So. 
So I don't know that that is a, I think there is probably a mixture of opinion, what we've learned from all sorts of stuff in there. But as it looks to me, alcohol's not the enemy. It's just it's just a drug, just like mm. so many other things that we have. And um, I don't believe I'm a little bit more. So I remember when we chatted to William Porter a while back and we were saying, when do you think the kind of people will have a more balanced view of alcohol? And he was quite reserved and said, I think he said it he, in his head, it was sort of 50 years from now or something. I, I do think that with, with social media and all these kinds of things and with what's happening with, I don't know, are they Gen Z or who's below millennials, Gen Z or whatever it is now, mm-hmm. that there is a, a growing awareness in and around alcohol and health and, you know, that, you know, and I know we have different issues and social media and all these different things are, are creating problems um, that we're yet to see the full fruition of, et cetera. But yeah, I just think that we're at a point where all of this just say no bollocks. I mean, again, I, I, oh, no, you're too young for that. Well, I mean, it's no. Well, I mean, the adverts from Reagan and I don't remember. I'm I'm on about Grange Hill. Oh, that's well, that's where. But it all stems from Roland. It all stems from um, what was Ronald Reagan's wife's name? Nancy. I can't remember her name. Um, The just say no stuff, right? And it just filtered Thatcher and everything, and it filtered all through. And and look, this is a. I don't want to go all political or anything, but I think we are at a point where it's out there. All these things are out there. And we don't have to demonize these things in order to kind of help people make empowering decisions. We need to give Mm. people the kind of, um, what's the word, credit to be able to kind of, because when people are making their own decisions anyway, right? People are, alcohol is more accessible now than it has been. I mean, it's still, I mean, it's baffling to me, more than anger. These says, I mean, kind of like, um, I'm baffled at the fact that it's still allowed to be advertised. I'm baffled at the fact that there aren't health warnings on alcohol. I'm just baffled across the board. I'm just, you know, so um, the, the other day, um, you know, you know, for example, we've got people talking about this time of year, we talk about people talking about sun cream and how you need to cover up uh, and make sure you wear your sun cream because of the risks and the dangers of like too much sun, et cetera, et cetera, while they're guzzling wine. Or you've got people yeah. having conversations about, you know, um, plastic, you know, chemicals in plastic or whatever, having those conversations yeah. while they're guzzling wine. And it's happening across the board because we just have a blind, we have a massive blind spot. And it, it is not quite as much as it was, but um, yeah. There's, a, yeah, there's there's a lot to do, but I don't think the best way to do it is to, like you say, to... No, it's it's inviting people in. It's like um, yeah. it, it always when I have conversations like this, it always makes me think of going through antenatal classes. Mm. So when I was pregnant with my first, I um, I f- I f- fortunately had the privilege to join and what what are called NCT National Childbirth Trust. I think it is um, antenatal classes. So we had the means to be able to do that, and. <laughs> I had the most wonderful, wonderful antenatal teacher. Now, uh, they're not like accessible to everybody necessarily. And we'd, we'd embarked upon it as a way of meeting other people that were in this same freaky boat that we were in of like, oh shit, we're about to have children and we don't know freaky what to do boat. with them. That's yeah. a great way of putting it. <laughs> well, it is. It's like you've been, been living on some this... freaky boats. <laughs> not that one. You've been. Um, <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. living this very different life, and then it's it's all about to change. 
So my primary reason for doing this was to meet other folks. Well, the first lesson with this antenatal teacher is like <laughs> you see, like at the at the beginning, we're all like all happy and smiling. Oh, it's exciting! And at the end of the class, we're all like, oh, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> like all this stuff that you haven't even thought about. And she was a big uh, advocate of um, informed choice and being really clear about what you do and don't want as far as childbirth is concerned. Now, had it not been for her and that opportunity to explore all of those things, I, I would have felt like that experience of childbirth would have been very, very, very different. Mm, interesting. And, 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 and there are you know, reverberations of that, that, you know, go on for, for many years, you know, I've seen so many people have really traumatic experiences and, and in part because they haven't necessarily been informed. They haven't had the opportunity to think ahead about, you know, the kinds of things that you do and don't want. And it might sound very simple, but anybody that's been through the process will know like the cascade of intervention, how that can go. And the, the trauma, the injuries and so on that can result from it. So it always makes me think of that that balance of just, you know, it's, it's not trying to persuade anybody either way. Mm. It's not trying to get somebody to adopt your viewpoint. It's just about laying it all out there so that you as an individual, as an adult, can make sense of it and process it and assimilate it and determine what the course of action for you or non-action is that that's what it's all about for me and it and and it makes such a difference ultimately to your experience it's about it's about being conscious right yeah i mean i can remember when i went to so when i first started dabbling in recreational drugs and all that kind of stuff i if i'm honest i just didn't i didn't know anything about them so i mean i had some stuff about alcohol that i knew but as far as my education at school was when it came to like uh, MDMA or stimulants or party like I I didn't you know I had, it was other than what I had looked at you know and I know that we have like you know talk to Frank and these kinds of things I don't know if we still have that now but things that were coming out for to try and like help help teenagers and kids and stuff have, have more of an understanding but I have a funny feeling would I would it have made a difference to the journey that I went on had I known some some not just say no stuff but balance like actual information stuff I don't know. I'm willing to bet that it might have had an impact. I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't have done. Um, but I just, I'm kind of with you from whatever, it, whatever we happen to be looking at. It looks like getting the truth out to the best that we can, mm -hmm. apologizing if we've got something wrong, feeling free to be able to say, look, we used to think this was the case in the 80s. Now we know that this is the case. That kind of stuff looks powerful. It looks, it looks you know, and the moment we start treating people as independent thinkers and teach them to think critically and teach them to understand, I think a lot of this as well actually really does come down to um, understanding where our experience is coming from. And we won't dive into this now because we're we've sort of been riffing for half an hour or so. But you know, understanding how to you know how to feel feelings, how all those kinds of things. Naturally, if we're if we're looking in the direction of how we're healthy, not in the direction of how we're sick, which is a lot of the stuff that that's kind of innocently happened over the course of the last 50 years, 60 years has been looking in the direction of where people are broken rather than looking at the fact that underneath it, we're whole and healthy, yeah. then that would have an impact as well. So I think it's actually very complex and multifaceted and a very interesting discussion. But um, 
yeah, there we go. Well, I didn't think we'd end up there. Um, and yeah, I don't in any way want, I know that we've mentioned a few things to do with, oh, I have politics and stuff. I don't, it doesn't look like a, like, I'm not saying it's a political issue to here. It just looks like it's a get, getting a balanced conversation out there um, and letting people know the truth. And, you know, it may be that in certain instances, it's, it's some kind of like fiery words or whatever that actually get a message across or, or, or get things heard. And I know that there are examples of that in history. Um, but I think it's happening anyway. I think it's happening anyway with the, with how information is being passed around now. Um, mm -hmm. anyway, there's a lot, there's this really interesting. We should get, cause I know that when I spoke to, to, uh, Dr. Um, Professor James Brown, we were talking about a lot of the information out there, a different thing, but ADHD, 50% of it's wonky or bullshit what's out there on TikTok. Right. And so there's going to be a lot of stuff that's where that's the case for other stuff. Um, but our governments mm -hmm. and people, I think they have a responsibility to be to be talking about this stuff and, and changing it for uh, for mm. these generations that are you well, for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody politicians. I know. Well, once upon That's a time, it. I used to be very interested in all that. People always laugh when I tell them I've actually got a politics degree, but I just got fed up with it. And I just thought, nah, not for me, that. I'm a bit disillusioned now. Too, too old to... Oh, God, this is not... yeah, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. But yeah, no, it's not. It isn't a political issue. It's a human thing, and wherever anybody happens to sit, I I would imagine that most people listening. I don't know. It'd be interesting to hear what people think. Like, and and please feel free to come and share your honest thoughts in the Facebook group around this stuff. Like we often say, <laughs> we have a very strong "don't be a dick" policy. But there's a big difference between like being a dick and coming in and sharing your honest opinion and disagreeing with people politely and kindly. Like we're all about that. That looks brilliant. That looks how like we learn from each other. And well, yeah, precisely, precisely. And also, if you do have a funny wine witch name, then please feel free to also share yeah. that in the Facebook group because we would enjoy them. I love it when people call it like you know barry or something sorry to any barrys that are listening no it's you tread carefully my friend tread carefully okay did you know so we've got a friend called nigel and um there was a news story out a while ago about how nigels are dying out isn't that sad no more nigels isn't that a song no more nigel it should be if it isn't no more Nigel. Oh, what's that? I, put it in my head. Something. No more Nigel. Uh, no, Nigel. I can't remember. This is, is. I love how Universal Mind, the intelligence behind all things, it lets us know that the podcast has run its natural course because something. It does, doesn't it? Every week. Like, we start talking about like fucking Jaffa cakes or <laughs> no more Nigels. I like all these. There's some brilliant, ironic DJ names out at the moment. DJ Boring. DJ Seinfeld, Ross from Friends. I mean, it's all like deep, deep house and kind of stuff that I'm into, but I, I quite like them. They they tickle me. Mm. And I like animals that have got human names. That's always good as well, isn't it? Yeah. You know, a dog called Nigel. That'd be great. Yeah. Keep the Nigels alive. If I get a dog, I might, I'll see if I can give it, I'll give it a middle name, Nigel. Well, I was going to call the girls, um, even though they were girls, I was still going to call them this, Alan and Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I was told I wasn't allowed. You Alan, stop eating that shit over there. Alan, did you ever? Yeah, well, right. Anyway, we're going to digress if we if we keep let's right. Talk, let's talk everybody. about this off. off. Be interested to hear what people Mike. say. It feels like a very nuanced conversation. That it's not black and white. And does I, if something's working for people, I always would 
get people to honor their wisdom mm. um but i'd be very interested to hear what people have to say um in and around that right have a good week folks see you in a bit team <laughs>